I mentioned Pastor Jesse Cabrera is with us this morning. He pastors the Res Life Church in Holland, and uh, he's been pastoring out there as a lead pastor. Um, he actually, he'll probably share with you, got saved at the church a number of years ago, went away to Bible school, came back, um, was on staff here um, in our Res Kids area for a number of years, and he's been the lead pastor at Res Life Holland for almost three years now. So would you please give a warm Reload welcome to Pastor Jesse Cabrera as he comes. Appreciate you. Good morning, men. How y'all doing? Yeah. Good morning, whoever was that. Hey, John, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, yeah, just really quick, uh, I guess to give you a little nutshell of what my life looks like, uh, 2005 is when I really accepted Christ, and uh, I walked into Resurrection Life Church Holland for the very first time. They were the extended campus of here. Um, if you guys remember way back when, uh, in 2005, they were four months old at the time. It was September 5, 2000, September 4, 2005. Uh, a friend invited me for like the last seven years just to go to church, and I would say, no, 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 no. Finally, I said, if you would leave me alone, if you leave me alone, I will go. And he said, deal. And that day, I gave my life to Christ at the church I'm leading today. So <laughs> I'm a res lifer. <laughs> One week later, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, this was when we were in high school, uh, she gave her life to Christ, September 11, 2005. Uh, then fast forward a little bit, I go to Bible school, I ended up moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, went to Ramah Bible College at the time, and uh, graduated in the youth department, started in the youth ministry, moved back home in 2010, uh, they handed me a license that said, good luck, no, I'm joking, they didn't do that, but <laughs> no, I, they just asked, what's your heart and passion, and it started in the youth ministry, so in 2010, um, I became a pastor in the youth ministry, started with two kids, two middle schoolers. It terrified me, terrified me, but God did a, a whole lot from there on out. We grew it, went to the high school, middle school, turned into generations, turned into res kids here, uh, and then ended up being the lead pastor at Res Life. So it's been a journey. It's been great. Uh, I found a news article uh, about our church, which was really cool, uh, and it said the first Sunday had the attendance, had pictures. The very first Sunday it was launched, that you guys launched that church was on May 22nd, 2005. My birthday is May 22nd, so the anniversary of Res Life Holland and my birthday are the same. Pastor Tom said, you can't make that stuff up, Jesse. You can't make that stuff up. And so it's been a journey. It's been great. Um, Ten years uh, on the team three years leading the church. It's been great. I'm loving it. Got some great leadership here as well, too. You guys are blessed to have Pastor Tom, Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Bernie, Pastor Burr, all the pastors here. They, they just have a heart for the kingdom. Um, and I'm just privileged just to get to know those men of God as well, too. Hey, Reload, you all, are you all ready for a word? Yeah. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for uh, uh, what you're doing in this place, Father God. I just thank you right now, Lord, that it is your spirit that ministers to the, our spirits, Father God. Lord, I pray that this word will be a word from your heart and from your throne. Lord, all my thoughts, my opinions, what I think, Father God, I throw it out the window right now, Father. Let your truth prevail, Father God. Use my lips, use my words, penetrate our hearts, do something new to us today. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. You know, I had a message prepared for you guys, but every single time I, I get ready in the morning to, you know, deliver a message, God always gives me something new. So I'm believing he's going to drop something new for you and also for me as well, too. But this morning when I was walking in, I've been at Reload a bunch of times. I absolutely love coming to this community, uh, by the way. Um, I just started thinking about some purposes. I was jotting them down, and I was thinking about some purposes that, uh, that you guys have, that benefits that you guys have of connecting and Reload. I know it is super early in the morning, okay? I, I understand it. It's a sad 
sacrifice on your guys' end to be here, but I want you to understand that there is life in this community of men. Uh, Bruce and the team seeing those guys worship as well, too. It's just awesome connecting with you guys as well. But here's some of the purposes of your morning gathering, and this is just encouragement for you guys if you're debating, should I keep going or not? Yes, keep going, because you need this community, okay? First of all, you're positioning yourself toward God when you encounter these people here. Okay, have you guys ever uh, had a son or a daughter or children where, where you're talking to them and their position is not really towards you, it's towards like the video game they're playing with, you know, and you're like, hey, are you listening to me? Yeah, I'm listening to you, uh-huh. And you know it's really a half listening that they're giving you, and you say, hey, stop what you're doing, turn around, look in my eyes. Now let's have a full-on conversation. And when that's there, you realize they have the full, your, uh, you have their full attention, and now they're able to you know, follow instructions that you give. You know, sometimes I believe we do that to God. You know, we give them a half-listening ear when God's trying to talk to us because we're so busy with our schedule, with our work, with our family, with kids, with ministry. You know, and so what God wants us to do is drop what we're doing position ourselves towards the Father, and get ready to receive whatever he wants to give us. And so when you plug in to Reload and you come every Tuesday morning, you guys are doing that. You're giving yourselves an opportunity just to position yourself towards God. That's a, that's a benefit that you guys have coming to Reload. Number two is you get to draw nearer to God. You know, you have, we hear people say, I just want to get closer to God. Well, get yourself in the community like Reload. Get your, get your friends to come to Reload. Because what you're doing is you're getting these people out of their boat to walk on waters as Jesus calls you to come near, draw into deeper waters. Number, number three purpose I, I kind of saw that you guys are gathering together is you have an opportunity to continue to grow in Christ. How many of y'all know that you want to know Christ, right? But the other half is to grow in Christ because one day you're going to have to go in Christ and go do something. And number four, uh, you're, you're, you're discovering ways and you're discovering your purpose uh, so you can go out and fulfill it and be a light to the world. Uh, Pastor Tom mentioned it just a little bit ago. He reminded me a few weeks back, but Reload exists to help change your world. And it's going to be changing your homes, your church, and your community. Men, God needs you. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, God needs you. Literally... This community and this gathering is just to give you the tools to equip you with what you need so you can continue to be a, 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 a world changer uh, in, a, in a sense. So what I'm saying is this. Stay plugged into this community. It's life-giving. It's awesome. I just, I'm, just, I'm excited about this. Everyone just say reload. reload. Now say it again. Reload. reload. Now say it like men. Reload. reload. That's what it's about. Look around you. This is your community. These are your brothers. And Christ tells us to protect the brotherhood. The word tells us to protect the brotherhood. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. All right, so there are many times where I know in life where um, I feel like I'm upside down. Who's ever felt like they've been upside down in life? And so today I want to talk to you guys about living upright. You know, I'm not, not saying that there are moments where we don't have upside down moments or we shouldn't be. There are moments where maybe in my marriage I felt like, man, what's going on? I'm feeling a little upside down here. Or my parenting, I'm feeling a little upside down. Or even at work, I'm feeling a little upside down. And I believe a lot of those times that we feel those upside down moments is because we're quite not in tune with what God is trying to tell us. And so today I just want to give you a little bit of encouragement about living an upright life. Everyone say upright. You know, and it's literally, uh, you have to understand that God has called us to be men of God, not just men, men of God. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, when you think about Adam when he was created, the Bible says Adam was created in the image of God. You know, I just learned this the other day, but a, a, a mother's womb is a place where God works to create a human being into his own image. 
And so we have to remember, men, when you were created, when you were destined, when God thought you and brought you forth, you were created in his image, and he wants and desires for you to live an upright life. And so how do we do that? Very simple. He gave us the perfect motto, and his name is Jesus. You know, when you go to the scriptures and you read about Jesus' earthly life, he had a three-year ministry. Obviously, he had more than that, but he had a three-year ministry. And Jesus taught by example and taught with his words. Actually, if you uh, remember this, jot this down, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. Not verses, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. I want you to go home and read those stories. You'll see that's the famous Sermon on the Mount. It's the Beatitudes. And what Jesus does is he teaches these crowds of people on how they should live and the benefits of the kingdom of God, correct? And so what happens is as, as Jesus is teaching these people, the Bible really, it says that uh, after he was taught to these crowds of people that they were amazed of his teachings because he spoke with authority. He spoke with authority, I thought about that for a second. Have you ever been amazed by something in life? Who's ever done the uh, bottle flip challenge where you take the bottle that's, uh, you know, a water bottle that's half filled and you try to flip it to land right, up, right side up? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Who's ever landed it? Okay, a few men that's landed it. Did you celebrate? Were you amazed? I, I know when I did it, I was amazed. I mean, I was dabbing and everything. I had never done that before. If you don't know what that is, it's this. Where my kids do that. You guys know what I'm talking about? No, Okay. And so when you, when you uh, celebrate, I remember just how amazed I was of landing it and my kids being amazed. And now everybody wanted to do it. My wife was trying to do it. It was just a fun time because we did something that was amazing. And when you're amazed by something, it really it, it, it catches your attention. And so think about the amazement that the crowd was, was um, going through when they heard Jesus' words. The Bible says that they were amazed by his teachings. It was an eye-opening. It, it caught their ears. It caught their heart. It caught their attention, their eyes. And all Jesus was doing was taking an upside-down culture, culture and bringing it right-side-up again. That's all he was doing with his words and also with the actions uh, later to come. He took a culture that was just upside-down, and he made it right-side-up again. And so for us, in our moments of our upside-down moments, uh, to get right-side-up, we have to understand that we have to take Jesus' teaching and really discipline ourselves to make it a regular practice so it could produce fruit of the kingdom of God. Well, what's that fruit? Galatians tells us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That those are the fruit of the Spirit. And that those things God wants us to continue to apply. But you have to also remember that there are fruit that is opposite of that. Fits of rage, anger, malice, slander. The Bible teaches us these fruits that are not good in our life. And so the purpose of this message is to encourage you men, hey, do everything you can in every area of your life to put Jesus' teaching in your practical, everyday routine so that you can have an upright living because God needs you to be a man, man of God. But the question is, why do we have to discipline ourselves to do so? Really, I was thinking about this the other day. I said, why, why is it so urgent, Jesus, that, that we have to live an upright life? We live in a fallen world. It's pretty tough. And this is what the Lord told me one time. He had said in prayer, he said, because sin is real, Jesse. It's out there. It's out there. And they're like hidden traps for, for us to fall in. The enemy, okay, here, I'll say it this way. How many of y'all know God has a plan for you? 
Raise your hand. How many know that God has a plan for you? And we can proclaim that. We can encourage people that. We let everybody know. But don't forget and don't neglect that the devil has a plan for you too. And he's going to do everything he can to execute that in your life. And that's why it's so important that we find ways to discipline ourselves according to Jesus' teachings so that he could expose those things to us. Check out what James chapter 1, 13 through 15 says. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am, be t- I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That word enticed, I don't have it up there, okay. That word enticed literally is a definition, is to attract or or attempt by offering pleasure or advantage. In other words, that word entice means we have a, a, a desire, and if that thing is not put under control, that could draw us away from God. Verse 15, check out what it says. Then when, he, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. I'll say that again. It's James chapter 1, 13 through 15. You think about what enticement does in our life. You know, a lot of times when we, when we go through some garbage in life, we tend to blame the devil for it. But a lot of times, it's just we didn't practice the fruit of the Spirit. We didn't put ourselves upright. We decided to choose to stay upside down. And because of our foolish decision, we're in a position, we're in a position that we're upside down on. And God's saying, if you would have just nipped it in the bud earlier, if you would have just followed my way, if you would have just followed my teachings and made it practical, you wouldn't have been in this position. Now, don't get me wrong. God is graceful, merciful, and he redeems us. Don't forget that. But I, well, man, what I'm trying to say is there are a lot of battles, everyday man battles, that we have to take total self-control on. Because God says you have the power to do so. So we can continue to live an upright life in this earth. You know, I was watching, I think it's, it's called Brain Teasers. Have you ever watched those shows where they do experiments and they do all these things? And it's a Netflix thing or, or something like that. But I remember watching the show a couple of years back and they did this uh, experiments with, with 10 kids. Okay, 10 kids. And what they did is they put these kids in this room. They didn't know they were being recorded uh, because they wanted to see these kids being going uh, in action. And every uh, one at a time, they would just throw in a kid in there. And a lady would come in with a marshmallow on the table. Some of you guys know where I'm going with this now. And the instructions to the child was, do not touch that marshmallow. Okay, leave that marshmallow. I'll be right back. And if you can leave that marshmallow alone, I'll come back with 10 marshmallows that are yours to keep. And you can have and eat all those you want. <laughs> what does the child say? Deal. Totally got this. Their, dis- their mind was made up. Well, they leave the room. The adult leaves the room and they're alone with that marshmallow. And it's so funny because there are moments where the child would just lean over and just stare at the marshmallow, just staring at the marshmallow. And I remember a couple of uh, uh, scenes where one kid actually picked the marshmallow up, smelt it, put it back down. Another kid grabbed it, licked it, put it back down. (laughs) There was another child that actually took a bit the corner of the marshmallow and tried to remold it. So it looked normal. So when the parent came back or the adult came back, it, it, it looked like nothing happened. But then there was one, t- one child. It was actually a girl. She uh, knew the instructions. She saw the marshmallow, but there was a cup over here. And she decided to grab the cup, put it over the marshmallow, and just kind of hang out over here. And she was the only one out of the ten that, that passed and got the ten marshmallows. 
And again, that, that show was intended for uh, us to laugh at it and just, you know, you know, see how, I guess, how cute these kids are or whatever. But reality is, sometimes I think we treat sin that way. <laughs> you know the instructions that Christ gives us. You hear the teachings, you claim it, and you proclaim it on Sundays. But when Monday through Saturday comes, when we're at work, when we're alone, when we're, when we're on click away, <laughs> we'll see how close we, let's just smell this, let's, let, let, me, let me just take a little lick on this, or, or let, me, let me just nibble on it, and, and, and yeah, let me remold it so no one knows about it. Enticement draws you away from God is what the scripture says. A lot of times, it is not the devil. It is our lack of discipline in our lives, man. That's all it is. You, sin has been conquered. 2,000 years, that's not the issue. Sin is conquered already. But the Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. They don't, they don't get with God. They don't discipline themselves the fruit, with the fruit of the Spirit. Am I talking to somebody here? Not trying to step on toes, but I am kind of trying to step on toes at the same time. Man, I just want you to understand the urgency and the importance of the kingdom of God, where God says, hey, man, I need you today. I need you right now. There are people that are already dying, and I need you to go on these rescue missions and be imitators like Christ, according to Ephesians 5.1. So they can be reconciled to me. Be imitators of God is what he says. You know, and what happens is, Actually, let me read it this way. Proverbs 5.22. I'll say it again. Proverbs 5.22 for note takers. Proverbs 5.22 says, A wicked man's iniquities entrap him. He is entangled in ropes of his own sin. You know, in other words, I mean, other translations, they'll say bondage down or roped down. You know, and, and, and you think about it, when, when you're enticed, in other words, it's saying when you're enticed, uh, uh, what happens is these, these uh, um, entanglement of ropes come on you and they hold you down. Tim, can you come up here for a second, man? I'm going I'm to try to illustrate this really quick. So say Tim, Tim is someone that uh, fell into enticement because of his own desire. And by the way, the enemy starts using that as a foothold later on. But Tim knows he's not supposed to do this. He hears the instructions, but he falls into it. And so he gets too close, and the rope of, of entanglement comes on him. Now, he knows he's stuck. You stuck, Tim? I'm stuck. Try to walk away. He's stuck. I'm the rope of, oh, man, you're strong, man. Okay, hold on. Sorry. Do it again. I thought it was a challenge. <laughs> Go. It's not a challenge. <laughs> But here's the thing, he, he's, he's, he's entangled right now. Tim knows he's wrong. Tim knows he's stuck. And as much as people are going to minister to him and just say, hey, what you're doing is wrong, there's nothing Tim can do about it. He knows he's calling out for help. Now, don't get me wrong, Jesus will free him up from this. But did you know Tim has to go to Jesus first? And so a lot of times we point the finger at Tim, saying, bad Tim, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. You're a pastor, Tim. What's going on with you? And don't really teach him and show him the way to get out. And God never called us to do that. And so it's not the fact that he has no knowledge of the fact that he's stuck. He knows he's stuck. He just doesn't know how to get out. And so upright men would teach other men that are upside down to get right back up again. That makes sense? Did I say that right? Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Give it up for Tim. You got a few claps. Sorry, man. <laughs> It's about living a disciplined life. You know, when, when you look at the, uh, the Israelites, when you look at the Israelites, um, they were free from slavery in Egypt. But the one thing they were not freed from, from was the habit of Egypt within them, which is why they wandered for so long. Look, earthly habits 
not God habits need to come out of our lives, and God wants to help us in that. That's why he sent his son, Christ. And the way to do that is by first going to Christ, acknowledging Christ, saying, Christ, you are my redeemer. You're the one that can take me out of any type of snare, any type of trap. Acknowledging that, then getting yourself in a community like Reload and asking for some guidance and help, too. You'll see restoration come to your life as well, too. Um, don't, even, don't forget as well, too, that in Psalms 119, 105, that's again, Psalms 119, 105, the Bible says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Going to God's word will reveal these, uh, I guess people would say secrets of God, which really God wants to reveal himself to you, but will reveal and give you the instructions that you need to continue to live an upright life. You have to remember to take the burden off your shoulders. You are not made right because of your own obedience. The Bible says it's because of Christ's obedience that you have been made righteous. And so the purpose of getting in his word is not, not to only grow you, but to expose things in front of you. The Bible says that it's the same as having a light in front of you or a lamp in front of you to show you where your path is. I used to play a game when I was a kid. I made up this game, okay, and it was called Dungeon. All right. And I don't know why I named this this uh, game called Dungeon, but the object of the game was to play hide and seek in the dark. That's all it was in our house. I mean, it had to be pitch black, but there was um, the objective side of things. The person that had to seek the people out gave us about 30 sec, 30 to 60 seconds to set up traps everywhere. And so the traps would be ironing boards, you know, a, a flipped upside down chair. I mean, it was bad. I, it was just a bunch of boys. Right. And we would just set these traps and then shut the lights off. <laughs> and without, without light, without the light, you couldn't see these traps. And so if I was it and I was a seeker, I would go, but I knew there were traps everywhere. And without light, I knew I was going to fall into one. And, you know, as kids, thank you, Jesus, nothing ever happened to us. But we had some nasty traps. Let's just say that right now, nasty traps that really could have caused some injuries. Um, but I, I share this because a lot of times we feel that in life. We feel like well, we know there's traps, but we can't see anything. And I loved it because the moment I flipped the switch, the moment I found the switch or I had a flashlight, every trap in the room is exposed. Every single trap in the room is exposed. And that's exactly like with God's word. When we apply ourselves and our discipline ourselves to continue to get in God's word, read our Bible every day, uh, seek God's face in this whole thing. God reveals these traps that the enemy's trying to do so you can avoid them. It's living an upright life. So the word of God is very important in our life that we read it on a daily basis. From Genesis to Revelations, from Old Testament and New Testament, God promotes us to get in the word of God. I mean, if you, look in, or sorry, if you look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. In other words, prosperity and success begin with meditating on God's word. It's literally taking, taking the scriptures that you read, putting it here so it can sink into your heart. That's the Old Testament. Check out what the New Testament says. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, that all scripture is God breath and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. Who's a servant of God here? It's okay. Who's a servant of God here? Okay, so I'll say it this way. So that you may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Man, you want growth? You want improvement in your life? Get in the word of God and make sure that you're in the word of God every day. You know, in the book of Acts, uh, there is a group of uh, Jews called the Berean Jews um, who were uh, um, different from the rest because God called them of more noble character. Why would God call this group of Jews of more noble care? Well, let, let's, let's just go into the scriptures and let's, let's find out. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those of Thessalonica. For they received the message. Listen closely, guys. For they received the message with great eagerness. That what Paul would teach, okay? And examined the scriptures every day to see what Paul said was true. Did you guys catch that? They received the teachings that the Apostle Paul gave with excitement, the Bible says. But what made them of more noble character is that they themselves went to the scriptures themselves and examined the scriptures themselves every day. You got it, brother. Every day they examined the scriptures themselves. And God calls them, God's word calls them of more noble character. Where do we stand when we decide? after a message. Let's go look for myself so I can continue to learn and I can continue to grow personally in my own. The process of learning is also the process of searching scripture. You were made to be right side up. You were made to be conquerors on this earth. You were made to be men of God. That's your element that's how God created Adam. That's how God creates uh, uh, people in the mother's womb, in his image. When you look at scripture, the Bible says that Adam walked with God, that Noah walked with God, that Abraham walked with God, that Moses walked with God, that Joshua walked with God, that David was after God's heart. Because that's their element. A fish in the water it's in its element. A bird in the air, it's in its element. You put a bird in the water, it's not in its element. It's going to die. You put a fish in the air, it's going to die. It's not in its element. Us without the word of God, we're going to die. <laughs> Our element is to walk hand in hand with God, to be in the presence of God, to grow in Christ so we can be upright in Christ. You can't do it on your own. He can only do it in you. He's already done it for you. Jesus said, go make disciples. We hear that all the time. It's actually a pillar here. Um, and one of the things that the vision here uh, for Resurrection Life Church in Granville, to go and make disciples. Well, let me remind you, as much as you declare that, the uh, disciple making starts with you, yourself. Become that student because a disciplined disciple of Christ will grow in grace, will manifest the kingdom, and will follow God's purpose in their life. You know, I want to do a quick activation with you guys, and this is just to give you tools of how do I continue to grow in God's word. A couple of things. I'll wrap it up with this, okay? Get up a little bit earlier, which you guys did that already today. That's cool. But get up a little bit earlier every day to spend some time with God, to get in his word. It's 15 minutes early. One of the things I love doing as a husband and a father is waking up about 30 minutes before my family because I get to spend time with God because my house is about to get crazy as soon as my kids wake up. It's burnt toast is going to happen. Spilled milk's going to happen. It's going to happen. My daughters are going to look at each other and ask each other, why are you looking at me? It's going to happen. There's going to be tangled hair. It's going to happen. But if I take that time with God, he equips me for the day. I get to walk hand in hand in the chaos. 
Peter, Peter was with Jesus on the water during a storm. And yeah, we can focus on him sinking, but Peter got out of his boat. Where were the other disciples? So I think Peter did a good job because he was least in the presence of Jesus at that moment. Get up a little bit earlier. Hey, you guys have the freedom to listen to podcasts and teachings. Uh, technology can be a very good tool in our life. Use it. Use it. Devotional groups, like Reload, this is perfect. Stay plugged in. Follow up. You got, you got table leaders that are uh, consistent in trying to connect with you men because they want to do relationship with you. Pastor Tom does the five-week challenge with you guys to give you a gift because he wants to have community with you. This group of men here is God-given and ordained by the Lord. Use it. It's for your life. Just keep filling yourself up with the Word of God every single moment. Hey, let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head for a second. I just want to pray over you. Father, I just thank you right now for every single one of these men here. I thank you that your word is just going to penetrate their hearts, that they can apply the tools that they need, Father God. I just thank you that you examine every heart here. Men, if you just want to make a decision for Christ, you're like, look, I need to get my side, my, my way right side up again, and I just need to come back and make a decision and say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Can I pray with you? On the count of three, just shoot your hand up. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up right now. No shame. Everyone's eyes could close right now. I just want to give my life to Jesus. I see you back there. Anybody else? Anybody else? It's your time. Awesome. Well, we have one brother in here that said, yes, I want to do that. So, men, we're going to do this with them. Let's repeat after me, all you guys. Say, God, thank you for the mission of my life, that you gave me eternity through Jesus Christ. Jesus, I'm sorry for all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. By faith, I receive your forgiveness. Grow me, help me in this life. Put your spirit in my heart. I commit to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say...